1: Y'all know I'm a bad girl, right? I'm a bad, bad girl. Especially when it's a special edition of the Andrea K Show. And I am on the stream only for three hours tonight. No rules, baby. No rules at all. We, we're coming at y'all tonight on the Andrea K Show. We're coming at y'all three hours commercial free. It's just me, myself, and I, and all of my favorite people tonight, and that includes you. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight on this special Andrea K. show on Friday Eve. I don't think we've got our special. We uh, we don't have our we don't have our usual sound effects here because we actually are in a completely different kind of setup here uh, for the show. So bear with us tonight if you hear any little diff- different technical kind of stuff going on. Um, we're just glad to be here with you guys tonight. Every- I'll
2: say it. Thank Jesus.
1: Thank Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Typically, um, we're on the radio dial as well as streaming on the Andrea uh, on the Andrea K Show on uh, the Answer as well. Is on like Alexa and the different devices. Tonight, we're stream only. And when you're stream only, you kind of get to play by your own rules. And here's what the rules are tonight, babies. We don't have any rules. Um, actually, we still do. We ask uh, that anybody who calls in continues to observe the FCC regs, even though we're not technically going out over terrestrial, just because we like to keep it classy here on the Andrea K Show. 888-344-1170. We're going to get into all the hot topics of the day, including 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 (laughs) the humanitarian crisis. Yes, Martha's Vineyard has actually declared a humanitarian crisis over 50 illegal immigrants that showed up today. We're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, We've got a really shocking story on the heels of 9-11 to share with you guys that nobody else is talking about, but Daniel Greenfield is going to be here, the Sultan of Kanish. It's been a long time since he was on the Andrea K Show. He's going to be here to tell you guys about how the Biden administration is currently fighting the families of 9-11 from getting any money that is due them from the lawsuit that was filed many years ago for which they won. And so he's going to be here to share with you guys that information. We've got former FBI agent Eric Carone, who's going to be here, who says the FBI needs a colonoscopy. Yes, indeedy, they do. I'm not sure if they need a colonoscopy and be routed out or if they really need to be at um, uh, the FBI. I can't really. There's not really a medical terminology or that. Uh, what's the medical terminology for basically cutting up a specimen and selling off its parts? That's really what needs to happen to the FBI, but I'm going to get his perspective on it. He basically is calling out his former institution uh, for uh, the the wreck that it is. Uh, we've got a couple friends of the show that you guys know well are going to be here tonight to weigh in. We got Brian Maloney. Brian Maloney lives up there, not far from Martha's from Martha's Vineyard. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait to get his perspective on that. Uh, Tom Bacaro is going to be here. Tom Dell always has a unique perspective. Perspective. He's a historian. He's a politician. He's a political pundit. A practicing attorney,
2: and a heck of a great fisherman.
1: Uh, well, yeah, that remains to be proven. Uh, he's actually going to be here with a crazy story. What was Gavin Newsom's response to Desantis and, and Abbott uh, busing and or fl- flying illegals uh, to these liberal bastions? So Tom Dell's going to be here to share that with you guys tonight. Y'all recognize that voice, but let me bring him in officially. He's going to be with me all three hours. And in fact, he's actually got he's actually got a strategy. His job, in addition to being my right-hand man, in addition to being the Ethan to my Joel Cohen, in addition to being the Damon to my Affleck, he is also the guy that's got some things up his sleeve, tricks up his sleeve, so that we can do a three-hour commercial-free show and me be able to go and take a, a break if I need to. I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend, DJ Potato Skins. <laughs> DJ <laughs> Potato
2: Skins, <laughs> DJ Skins. That's an applause line. Yeah. Hold your applause. Hold your applause. But I got my individual waters lined up. I got mm-hmm. my coffee lined up to go and a couple of tricks in the bag so that AK can actually stretch her legs every now and again.
1: Yeah. Cause I'm going to need to make me another coffee. Maybe make an iced coffee. Maybe have a nibble of my homemade banana bread that I made here.
2: Did you bring me any?
1: I brought, yeah, here's the thing. Um, I, I was, I was a little short on some of the ingredients. You needed a cup of pecans. I only had a quarter cup. Uh, um, Um, It needed a cup and a half of sugar. I only had a cup of white sugar, so I substituted with brown sugar, but I think it came out yummy. So, I'm going to give you a taste. I brought you a little taste. Yummy. And then if you think it's worthy, I can bring you into more tomorrow. But I want to get to bring in the whole loaf and have you go, you know. As a guy
2: that's very particular about his sweets, that's a wise move.
1: Exactly. I wasn't going to waste it on you. I wasn't going to bring in a whole banana loaf in here and have you turn turn your nose up at it. Have you Kardashian my loaf like it's not good enough for you. You know, you kid Kardashian. I don't want you to Kanye my banana loaf like what Kim did to Kanye. Um, okay, so last night, before we get into the hot topics of the day, last night we ended up getting a lot of calls. A lot of people were really, really triggered over the pedo, uh, the pedophilia. Even got a couple of calls off the air. I, after the show was over, we continued to get some calls. And, um you, you had you stayed on the phone with a call what triggered it y'all in case you missed last night's show what triggered it was um, this story we had a caller I had mentioned schools I which what Hank Johnson had compared had actually accused parents of going to school boards as being just some coordinated um, just uh, means like like January 6 meant to just go and be a bunch of insurrectionist at school board meetings instead of actually having legitimate beefs so local Tony who's an educator called in and she brought up a story uh, about uh, this local uh, Paula the penis story happening here in San Diego and when Paula the penis says I when I don this costume I'm now an adult that is grooming of children sexually and so that sparked calls that we got including we had a caller called in after the show you stayed on the phone with him like 10 minutes didn't you
2: I did it was about a 10 minute conversation what was he sharing and he was basically sharing that there and I I don't have the name in front of me, so we're definitely going to do more of a deep dive. But there was somebody that was an entertainer in the UK, I think specifically in Britain, that got quite beloved by the royal family. And he was also a known pedophile. Mm. And Are we talk
1: about Jeffrey Epstein?
2: No. Uh, but, oh. ap- but apparently, this person also shared certain activities with various members of the royal family. Oh, no. It blew my mind. Don't know if it's true, as you and I are always big proponents on, you know. Okay, you hear a piece of information, do the deep dive, see if it's true. Do your own research. But if it is... It's very alarming.
1: That is alarming, particularly since there's people out there in a five mile long uh, wait, five miles long, people waiting nine hours to walk by Queen Elizabeth's coffin. You think they might want to read this story before they decide to wait?
2: I would at least do, you know, we're. we're i'll see if I can get the exact name of the entertainer during the show i'll pull up my emails here so we can spit the information out would love to even if we just get that name out there. The listeners are going to be able to do some research because I think this is very important, considering the wall to wall coverage on c n n that you see of uh, unfortunately the passing of queen elizabeth
1: Well, I was asking you last night off air i'm like what's the theory behind why these libs c n n in particular um and you know and if you uh, why is CNN giving 24-hour coverage? They've actually got a team. More than anybody. There's gotta got to be a reason. And, and yes, there's got to be a reason. Because if you understand that everything that the Democrat Party and their media mouths and spokespeople and their propagandists in the media, everything they do is politicized. Everything they do is under the uh, under the plan that uh, of pushing false narratives, controlling the message. You can control minds. You can control the outcome of the elections. What are they why are they suddenly um embracing the monarchy like this and it's got to be because number 1 they they believe that um suddenly that with far lefty Completely lacking in morality, Charles, who who married a 19 year old virgin, knowing he didn't love her and just used her and exploited her and mistreated her and emotionally abused her, then on top of that, uh, that he's a far left climate huckster dude. I think that that's what it is. I think that this is about propping propping up the new monarchy because he shares their ideology, and I think that they're hoping that this is going to, you know take Britain back towards being going back into the EU and all of that stuff. I didn't think about the pedo angle.
2: I didn't either. I didn't
1: <laughs> think about that. If y'all know anything about it, give us a call. 888-344-1170 if you know anything about this story. Um, because right now, even bigger than uh, even CNN is, is, has kind of bagged the queen for in a momento to talk about the what they consider to be the worst move that's ever been made on the part of a governor. That Ron DeSantis, <laughs> Ron by the way, I'm going to say it right now, although it's not that Friday's very far away, but is he not our hero of the week already? You know what? Perpetual hero of the week.
2: He usually at Monday, you just chalk it up to DeSantis because he's bound to come up with something.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, when, and let me back up because I, I was actually, this might be the first time I've ever been wrong. And I've said that, and and at least the first time I've admitted to it. By the way,
2: before we get too far off track, Jimmy Seville is the name of the entertainer that was in Britain. Jimmy Seville, never heard of him. Do you guys know this story of Jimmy
1: Seville? 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Jimmy Seville, I mean, Seville Row is like a famous... You know, uh, um, Taylor over there, Seville Rose suits, right? I mean, you know, I would hate to think that that name has been bastardized by a, pe- a uh, pedo. Uh,
2: apparently, he's a disgraced DJ um, and a known pedophile since about 2011. Very close ties to the British royal family. A disgraced DJ. You don't like DJs to be disgraced. No, no, you? no. We, we, we uphold have. we uphold the good ones. The good ones.
1: Um, all right. So let me back up because I feel like I got a little egg on my face because when Texas Governor Abbott sent a busload of illegal immigrants to D.C., I criticized it. I said that it was show that what really Governor Abbott needed to do was he needed to declare a state of emergency at his own state's border that his state was being invaded, bringing the National Guard and secure the border is what I felt like he needed to do. Um, and, and I think I was wrong in that because um, I, I, when you look at... <laughs> Although initially, well, I can't be too hard on myself because initially there wasn't any positive results coming out of it. There really wasn't anything, you know, um, because D.C. is already so overrun with homeless. It's already such, you know, um, how, how how much more of a mess can D.C. be right? And it really didn't it really didn't grow legs as much as now that other governors have joined in on it, as well as the fact that Abbott didn't just send to D.C., but he also what, what really had it begin to grow grow in momentum and grow in a brilliant in a brilliant way was that it did, they didn't just go to DC then what happened was uh, he started sending busloads to New York City and when eric adams started complaining about it uh, when it, because DC has never been really vocal on being a sanctuary city they've never really been at the top of the news on sanctuary cities but New York City has so when you send illegals to New York City, which is how many people live in, in Manhattan alone? How many millions of people? And when a thousand show up and it's like, oh my gosh, This. It, it, and when a thousand show up of illegals in a city that has as a policy, everybody has to have a roof over their head. In a city, though, that, by the way, because of Nobel policies and over straight gun laws has a crime wave coming across the uh, coming, uh, just a wave across the entire city. You're not Safe anywhere in the city. I, I implore anybody that I know to live there, who lives there, to move. I would not live in New York City. I've got friends of mine that are going to
2: go there for Thanksgiving, and I'm and I'm nervous about it. I mean, we think it's bad in California; it, it, it's nothing compared to what's over there.
1: All right. So when, so when. This level of illegals can actually be the straw that breaks the back of a city. What it does is it really, truly exposes how bad these leftist policies are, because what's happened, like in the instance of New York City, is it was the straw because they already have, based upon their own policies, a homeless crisis that's out of control. It hasn't gotten as bad in California because we're sprawling. We're not concentrated like, like the island of Manhattan, right? when you've got a crime wave happening across across the island of manhattan like you've got you you know your your funnels full right? You're, you're, Their homeless shelters were already at capacity. They can't take another act of, of crime on the streets, and it just really put them over the edge. And that's really when this plan of busing illegals to these cities that brag about how evil it is, how inhumane it is to not accept everybody who wants to come into this country, when they have to start living under the weight of it, that's when, you know, they 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 you know, are, particularly as a mayor, when he's when he's looking at, is he going to want to be reelected? You know, what's going to happen here? So then, so you got that happening in D.C. And then what really, what really set this this plan and this move and this strategy over the edge was when Ron DeSantis, DeSatan, as Charlie Christ is calling him. Charlie Crist, by the way, who's comparing himself to Jesus? Is that why he's been obviously laying in the sunbeds too long? Is he trying to tan himself so he looks like Jesus from the Middle East? I mean, what is going on with, with Charlie Crist? He looks like a crisp. He looks like who was that actor? Who was the actor who's famous? Um, Hamilton, super good-looking guy. He's married to Alana Hamilton. Y'all help me out. Who was this actor? Don't know the after, but
2: I do know we should just start calling him Charlie Crisp.
1: Charlie, Charlie Crisp. Anyway, um, he's been referring to DeSantis as DeSatan in the no. governor race. No, De, De, what nickname can we come up with for DeSantis that has to do with him? Just being—he's a beast. He is a beast. He's a superhero. He's a superhero. The superhero. That's what we gonna call him. What should be on his? He should have a big old. He no. He should have a big old W on his chest because he's the woke warrior. And his
2: cape should should have a big OW on the back. What he'd when he dis- I don't think hashtag winning belongs to Charlie Sheen anymore. I think it has been passed to <laughs> Ron DeSantis.
1: So when DeSantis decided to send a plane of illegals to Martha's Vineyard. Have you ever been to Martha's Vineyard?
2: No, but a uh, little fun fact, that is where the movie Jaws was filmed.
1: True. It was as well as a little bit at Universal Studios. Yeah. Um, but that's a, well. Yeah. I mean. And what did we see among the population there? We saw some really, really, you know, the 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 typical. Although that that Amity Island was basically a lot of a lot of poor working class people. But think about the think about the mayor there, right? The mayor that didn't want to shut anything down because he was too worried about nope. you know. Um, this is like the think of the most um stereotypical um what was the what was the book that came out in the eighties something about preppy the preppy the the preppy guidebook or something i mean think about remember back when we had like um uh muffy and people would joke about you know the muffies of the world and they would wear the sweaters tied around the tennis playing set right the upper crust of society right i mean these are the people supposedly who were part of the daughters of the american revolution and these are the the sons and daughters and the grand children of those that came across the, from the Mayflower, right? These are the purest, right? And these are typically your most liberal of the libs, right? This, Which is exactly why Barack Obama, in spite of pushing all of his climate change, huckster stuff, that every, all the houses were going to fall off into the ocean, bought a big, fat, beautiful 60,000 square foot mansion up in Martha's Vineyard.
2: Going to need a bigger boat.
1: Mm-hmm. He's going to need a... they go, they going to need bigger hotels. <laughs> so... <laughs> Martha's, I had a chance actually to go spend a summer up in Martha's venue. Oh, did you really? One of my sorority sisters. Um, Madeline Barber. She was one of her, she was the girl that got Rolex watches in her stockings. Her stocking stuffers were Rolex watches. Not bad. Okay. That's, yeah. I had some, I had some really fat as in P-H-A-T to throw another nineties reference out there. Really fat. Um, I mean, her, 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 her dad found one of only two Mercedes that was gray convertible with red leather interior. And he flew on his, he had his private, private plane fly him to like North Dakota. And he drove that car back for Madeline and pulled up out my, outside. My sorority house, I still hadn't made as much money my total lifetime as how much that car cost. That's Martha's Vineyard. Okay, I didn't want to go because even then I was so political, I was like, I do not want to go anywhere where I might bump into a Kennedy. Okay, that was my attitude. So, this is Martha's Vineyard. So, de- <laughs> DeSanta sends 50. 50. I mean, you know, that's a Thanksgiving dinner, you know, at some people's house, right? I've hosted many parties with 50. I mean, that's nothing. That's 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 you know that's you know um that's a quinceañera party right I mean that's a that's a baby shower right that's the that's the I mean you could fit fit these people on a tennis court in the backyard of, of most of these places and they are hysterical today skins hysterical I tell you I'm sure they are so much so that they have declared it a humanitarian crisis it's a crisis now it's an a, an absolute crisis wasn't it a crisis when it didn't affect them no uh, I- exactly. I Island officials issued a statement saying um, neighbors, friends and neighbors, you know, we're, we're having to gather together. We're having to rally today because we've got a humanitarian crisis that's been foisted upon us. We're, we're all getting together to see how we can how we can handle this uh, they go on to describe how they've set up a couple of shelters for people I mean two sh- you need two shelters to house 50 people come on um, and how they're they're setting about feeding these people as though th- as though this has been some kind of huge um, uh, you know charity effort going on when we had the slide up in uh, Mount Soledad when I was living up a Mount Soledad the Red Cross had a shelter set up for a couple of hundred People in like twenty minutes. The interesting thing for that is that then they complained about La Jolla residents because nobody went to the Red Cross shelter; they all went to like hotels. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're outraged today, calling it a humanitarian crisis. How can it be a humanitarian crisis when you liberals up there who believe that that it's huma- it's humane to let anybody come into our country and that they have a right to be here? And that the taxpayers are supposed to foot the bill. How is that a humanitarian crisis? Here's what one of the citizens had to say today. I was at St. Andrew's Church helping to feed these people. They were told they were going to Boston, where housing and jobs were waiting for them. Oh, so now they're mad at Boston. Right. They were supposed to be going to Boston. No, they're not mad at Boston. They're complaining that they were, so it's okay for Boston to get these just down the road because Martha's Vineyard isn't that far from Boston. No, that's pretty close. Right. So it's like th- this riffraff, they supposed to be going to Boston where there was going to be jobs for them and food. What they don't need to hire anybody in Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard doesn't have shops. Martha's Vineyard doesn't have restaurants. And Babylon, hey Babylon B, already busted y'all. Babylon B put out a headline today that said um, that showed a picture of a woman with her cell phone reporting that she had seen a Hispanic outside that wasn't operating a leaf blower. (laughs) Come on, y'all don't y'all don't have jobs for fifty people, and of these fifty, certainly some of them were kids and didn't need to work. So what, thirty? Y'all, Martha's Vineyard doesn't have thirty jobs. Come on, now we know y'all ain't doing your own laundry. We know you're not mowing your own yards. She goes on to say there were men, women, and children in all letters. Children, they hadn't eaten anything since six a.m. Well, I don't know what time they got there. If they flew on a plane, they got there at ten a.m. I mean, what they were supposed to get a you know full course meal? Throw them a, you know what? Throw them a granola bar? What are we talking about here? Let me remind you that these are people that supposedly came up on a multi-thousand-mile trek, and yet put, being put on a plane and not getting a meal, uh, for, for skipping breakfast is a humanitarian crisis? What kind of, she goes on to say, what kind of a depraved individual loads up 50 people onto a plane and dumps them in a strange place without even notifying anyone that they're coming? How about Barack Obama? Do you remember, Skins, when Barack Obama put a bunch of people on uh, illegals, um, put them on buses and sent them to Menifee, which is about, what, half an hour north of Temecula?
2: Yeah, it's pretty close by.
1: And what happened was they were met with a bunch of locals that were like, we don't want them here. And the buses got turned around. We have reported here about after these caravans showing up in Texas, how many of them were flown here by the by by uh, the Biden administration in the last year and a half and being put up in some of our nicest hotels, our nice five-star resorts in East County, given vouchers to fly, given food, paid for by the taxpayers in the Biden administration. We reported here about how Biden was flying people around. In fact, I think DeSantis had a clip on this today
3: about biden Uh, clip four biden would fly people in the middle of the night dump them all across this country there was no warning on any of this they're doing it and they're farming people out all around they're also doing things like so you know we've had people right on the border uh helping working ways they will dump in san antonio and these people have uh, you know they're basically just there and a lot of them end up migrating to different parts but it's harder for us to stop a onesie twosie coming into Florida, because I don't know if you're just driving a normal car and you have one or two people in it who are illegal. you, You can't determine that on the front end. You can do if there's large movement or caravans or buses, but we haven't had that partially because Governor Abbott is busing to New York City and D.C.
1: So the Biden administration has been very strategic in moving them around the country because the point is, particularly to red states, because the point are red areas within states, because the point is basically, uh, one of the reasons why the caravans are coming primarily up through Texas instead of, uh, California is because California is already solidly blue. There's no advantage necessarily, uh, to them here. So the, what they want to do is they want to flip red states. So this person goes on to say, these are Christians? I'll tell you what this is. It's a disgusting political stunt at the expense of human beings just wanting to work and provide for their families. Um, so how is it? That I don't understand this. First of all, when it comes to Christianity, if you want to, if you want to talk about a political stunt, if you want to accuse anybody of creating a humanitarian crisis and using people as pawns, let's talk about the Biden administration. The Biden administration, George Soros and all of their NGOs that have been down and these other countries and actually funding these caravans. Many of these people coming up in these caravans, we already know because they've been infiltrated. We already know from reporters that have been inside these caravans, they're well funded. There's a reason why these people coming across many of them coming across in these caravans have smartphones. We saw uh, a year and a half ago, some of the people from the caravans back during the during the Trump administration and the remain in Mexico, some of them, uh, a lot of them ended up in Tijuana and they were complaining they didn't like the food. Right? They didn't like the frijoles and the, and the homemade tortillas, which is some of the best,
2: if you've never been to TJ. Oh my gosh, some of the best. Nothing beats a homemade tortilla.
1: Nothing beats a homemade tortilla and refried. Be- I wanted to go down and snatch that food pack out of her hands. I didn't have time to, to go across the border that day to make a run for the border. This so how is it that going from from Florida to Martha's Vineyard is inhumane? I would think I would think if they would love themselves some Martha's Vineyard, I would think they would consider that a step up for these people. You would think, right? Um, On this island, we treated them with dignity. We fed them. We gave them medical attention and we give them a warm and safe place to sleep. Good. That's what you should do because you are the people that are supportive of the Biden administration, leaving us with invasion of means of people coming across our border. But you know what this reminds me of and what this is all about? This is just like the book that Bruce Bauer wrote many years ago called While Europe Slept. And he was a far-left gay activist who hated George W. Bush and hated that he won re-election and decided he was going to move to the great socialist Scandinavia. And when he got there, he found out why religion in a country is so important. Not state-ordered religion, but why having religion as a part of your, your society, as a part of your culture, was so important. He said, because if you don't stand for something... If you don't have a national identity, and if you and if you don't have a national identity that's rooted in um, not just nationalism and love of country, but also God and that your rights come from God, you'll fall for anything. And one of the things they fell for over there was multiculturalism. They started opening up their borders and welcoming all these um, people from all these countries. And over there, it was primarily Muslim countries because of location and geography. But then what they would do is they'd bring them into the country. Set them up and uh, on put them on entitlement programs, but they would put them in these outlying areas around the country where none of these little hoity uppity elitist liberals ever had to interact with them, ever had to bump up against them, and ever had to feel the pinch of these policies and how it hurt them. And that's what's going on here. These little these little libbies up in Martha's Vineyard are like, "Yeah, I'm all for this open border. I'm all for uh, us being a welcoming country with no walls. I just don't want none of them up here around me." I could be wrong about Martha's Vineyard. I'm not I'm not I'm not up behind those enemy lines, but my dear friend Brian Maloney is. He's up by that way, not in Martha's Vineyard, but he knows it well and he's here to, to discuss this human humanitarian crisis. Brian Maloney from Red Wave America, thank you for being here tonight, my dear.
3: Hey, hey, so you're doing some kind of marathon tonight, huh?
1: <laughs> Ooh, child, I am. And listen, I gotta pace myself. I got to be. I don't know if you've ever done the Boston Marathon. You're you're not that far from Boston, but my Uh,
3: I I haven't run it.
1: (laughs) I feel I feel like I got to apply some Boston Marathon principles here. I got to come out (laughs) slow keep it steady keep myself hydrated i got my i got my 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 coffee here my water i got to continue to carb up so i got some banana bread and i and then i got some of my some of my support team along the way right like when they're running a marathon they got people on the side of the road to keep them going that's what you are my dear you're my support You're my support. So you're running
2: so let me get this straight. You're running a marathon and someone's handing you a piece of spicy fried chicken. That's right.
3: Exactly. <laughs> right. Nah, that's for the end. I'm just giving you a water bottle for now. So you don't know, lose your voice. <laughs> I mean so there are no breaks or anything in this. It's just three hours. It's
2: three hours.
1: Boom, boom It's three hours, baby. It's no like news, I,
3: breaks, no, no
2: news breaks. No news breaks. The challenge is how long can Andrea go? Yeah. Well you know what but, I've been known. they there like yeah.
3: No. Did somebody take bets on this? Like what? Like how did this happen?
1: Well, I, you know, it happened because. Um should I be honest? I, look, we're getting paid big, big bucks. <laughs> big, big bucks to run the NFL game on the radio end. I'm just oh. going to say it. I'm just going to say it. So, uh, so on. Okay. Uh, but uh, then it's like, well, if they ask me, hey, do you want to do the stream? It's three hours. You get to, you know, no rules, really, except we like we still like to keep it clean because you know, we are, we are MAGA. Stay classy, um, San Diego. We stay classy um, uh, and, and observe FCC regs when it comes to words, but I'm like, sure, I get to Come have fun, you know, chat with my peeps like you. And so here we are. So
3: that's... Hopefully this is going to be recorded or something or available afterward on your page or, you
2: know... Right. Oh yeah. For our I don't know skins. Don't worry, Brian. We're gonna sell it to you real cheap. (laughs) You got so you got this thing all figured
3: out. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Is help you you get through some of the talking part of this exactly? Voice doesn't wear out on you.
1: Exactly. Well, and but on a serious tip, when this whole thing broke today with DeSantis sending planes of people up to Martha's Vineyard, who else but you? Right? Would I have (laughs) call in and talk about it? I don't know exactly how far you are from Martha's Vineyard by way of the crow flies, um, but I know you I'm ain't not far.
3: Far. So the the uh, while well, the ferry terminal uh, is probably about twenty to thirty minutes from here, depending on traffic, which the traffic's over for the year. So yeah, I'm actually as the crow flies, and uh, it's not very far from here actually. So, um, but. So the thing, yeah. So I know the I know the area, Um, but the thing I would tell you is that so it was a great move. Uh, I love what's going on here. You know, planes and buses moving the illegal aliens to places where you know liberals are not used to that. They don't want any of this in their backyard. They love to dump it on Texas and everywhere else, but not their own backyards. And that's the bottom line. Um, But. I've been saying on Twitter tonight, if you really, really want to put the billionaire globalists into a state of panic, and I mean panic. Uh, send some of those planes to Nantucket, the next island over, where the billionaires hang out.
1: Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay. Help me to understand the difference between Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket, because us us little low-life riffraff, we all think... I mean, when I look at the homes up on Martha's Vineyard, they ain't exactly shacks, my brother. <laughs>
3: well so yeah so Martha's Vineyard has become a hangout for you know with the Obamas there it's become a hangout for millionaires and Hollywood types so you get a lot of people from LA uh, spending time in the summer there it's more, that's more recent actually I think I think the Obamas brought in a lot of the, the weird Hollywood LA type people um, in there but Nantucket is where the uh, the billionaires the CEOs have their homes and they fight tooth and nail, uh, you know, all the, all the workers, the lowly workers who take care of them all summer long, um, you know, they fight any kind of housing development that would give those workers a place to live. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I don't really know where those workers live in their cars. I don't know. Um, They're like Disney workers. No place for them.
1: Are they kind of like Disney workers to where you're not, where um, mm-hmm. the, cu- the customers are never supposed to see them leave? or come out of a
3: door kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it is, the same, it is the same kind of thing. So what you, you know, so Nantucket is the billionaires on the private jets, and the private jets are going in Martha's Vineyard, too. I'm just saying, if you want to talk about, you know, the, the creeps that are hanging out in Davos every year, you know, who are, who are hanging out with Leo DiCaprio and bringing their, you know, private jets in or whatever, those guys are in Nantucket, and so if you put a couple of those planes there, see. So These people uh, in the GOP should be talking to me before they do these things. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, I think this is extremely effective uh, between what Abbott and DeSantis are both doing here. And I think other Republican governors should join in on this because it's just killing. What what I love about this, this is one of the few truly effective moves that Republicans have made this year during this election season, and it's coming from individual governors. It's not coming from any of the idiots in Washington that are unfortunately, you know, ruining our party from the top right now. It's coming from two governors who are fed up. Who are, And Ted Cruz today uh, was tweeting. He said, look, you know, you're, you're freaking out on Martha's Vineyard about a couple of plane loads of 50 total illegal immigrants, OK, 50. Uh, and he said, I was there in Del Rio with population 30,000, uh, Del Rio, Texas, 30,000 population when fifteen thousand Haitians yep. crossed the border all in one day, now how is that fair to the people of Del Rio, Texas, most right. of whom are, you know, I mean, no, no wonder Hispanics along the Texas border are now voting GOP because yeah. you know if you're Hispanic, whatever in Del Rio, Texas, are you happy to see fifteen thousand Haitians come over the border? No way. You're gonna you're gonna change your vote the next day. You're gonna change your party registration the next. Stay, uh, right. because that's an overwhelming number of people that there's no way your city could house or handle or employ or feed or anything else.
1: Right, so and you know, and I'm right, and I'm not buying that these people up there have no idea what's happened at this border. Everybody knows what's happened at the border, but this is just so typical of, of the mindset of the elites. This is, this is exactly what you see happening in, in socialist and communist society. The elites never, never expect and are angry if they think that there's ever any chance that they're going to have to live under the weight of their own policies. That's for the Whoa. peasants. That's for the peasants in Texas. Here's what one of these people had to say, uh, because uh, um, uh, this is somebody from Martha's Vineyard today. On this island, we treated them with dignity. We fed them. We gave them medical attention. We will give them a warm and safe place to sleep. Like, that's not what's been going on in Texas and, every, and everywhere that's well, that's right, a border right, town in right. the rest of the country. Tomorrow, we will give them breakfast and help them figure out what's next. That's what you should do, right? Because the attitude is, is that um, the, this is, the United States is, is a nation of immigrants, they always tell us. We're supposed to be welcoming, yet they only want it to affect these Republican states or areas that don't affect them. They go on to say... We won't turn our backs on people in need who are being abused by extremist Republican governors for some cheap soundbite. Thank you to all the volunteers who were there. It restores my faith in humanity that we came together to help people in need. Well, you should. If you're the one, you Libs are the ones pushing for this. They should be the ones that should be helping out.
3: Yeah, but here, here's the thing, and what you said there, notice how they said, and then tomorrow we'll help them figure out their next step. Yeah, yeah. So the next step is going to be uh, putting them on the ferry off of Martha's Vineyard and yeah. onto the mainland, onto the onto the Cape, and then onto just get out of here. Yeah. So that's the whole thing about this. Yeah, they'll feed them breakfast tomorrow and send them on their way. They don't want them there. And the other thing here is that it was only fifty. So what happens if DeSantis or Abbott or some other governor is able to get 500 on some markets in your 5,000, um, will the attitude remain the same? And I think that, you know, the answer is absolutely not. So yeah, 50, uh, you know, they were able to spin it their way, like we're the good people that help or whatever. But the bottom line is, and what people have to understand about the Northeast part of the country is that it's full of these little elite towns where, the kids all go to private academies, which mm-hmm. I mean, there aren't that many private academies in California. There are a few, but I mean, you know, in, in the Northeast, they're everywhere and they're Sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year to send your kid uh, to a boarding school. You um, know, this isn't college. We're talking about this is uh, you know middle school, high school, whatever. Uh, and so that's and these towns that these people live in, you know, they are hundred percent liberal and they are hundred percent white. And yeah. and and any thought of that ever changing, it would put them into a panic. I mean, they they're the first ones to have the BLM signs on their front lawns. Yeah. But if a black Person moved into their neighborhood onto their street, uh, they would have a meltdown over it. Absolutely. You know? So yeah, they do not want black people in their neighborhoods. They love their all white towns and they want to keep them that way. So it's the most hypocritical mm-hmm. uh, region of the country uh, because there's this kind of attitude like, well, we were the you know we were on the good side in the Civil War or whatever. And yet actually, there's more racism in the Northeast than you'll find anywhere. I mean, oh yeah, know, it's. It's incredible. And, you know, I've spent time in the South, and I find people intermingling and mixing and talking like it's no big deal at all. Uh, And, you know, in the Northeast and New England, it's shocking to see, you know, uh, it's shocking to see anyone mixing at all.
1: Did you see the Babylon Bee headline they had? They showed this this older woman, probably in her 60s, and she's looking down at her phone, and it says, woman uh, calling to report a Hispanic not using a leaf blower.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that and that's exactly it and let's just say that those fifty uh that were put on Martha's in your you know today did stay on the islands the bottom line is you know those those people who own the mansions the obama neighbors and whatever they would love to employ them for four dollars an hour or whatever to be their maids or to be their gardeners to be their servants so you know in a way you end up with kind of an extension of la where you know la why are illegal immigrants in la well in this you know I went to college, you know, I was at UC Santa Cruz and I was in the dorms and all the kids that go to UC Santa Cruz are from rich LA families, Yeah, a lot of Hollywood families. Yeah. And so I got into the dorms, Andrea, and I, I was living in a hallway with a bunch of kids who... Uh, had never washed a dish, yep. folded a shirt, uh made their own beds uh and and it was incredible to me they had no idea how i mean they you know they were used to being served they just sat down and ate and that's because you know Maria did the laundry and Bertha did the uh you know the what whatever else mm-hmm. the dishes and and Pedro did the gardening and you know and all of these were paid you know a pittance and that's the lifestyle and i think that you know if if the left tolerates these illegal immigrants into these communities, you know, back east, it's going to be for that purpose to have more $3 an hour labor. They're
1: going to be, they're going to be, yeah, they're going to be getting rid of them. And it ain't going to be to Nantucket. I didn't know anything about Nantucket other than the limerick, right? Okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, Nantucket is where the. Billionaires are. I mean, uh-huh. it is where, like I said, it is where um, the richest of the richest have their playground. It's yeah. further away from land, and it's it's they're very safely tucked away in a little uh-huh. corner out there. Yeah. Yeah. we're
1: talking to Brian Maloney yeah. from Red Wave America. Um, you say that this is is working. Here's I want you to listen to a soundbite from Chicago Mayor Lightfoot. Um, it's interesting because I didn't think we sent any in any illegal immigrants up to Chicago because she had to weigh in. Um, And here's her idea of what should happen um, against Texas for Abbott um, busing the illegals. Um, It's a real quick clip. Skins, please play clip five. It is a manufactured crisis by ambush. Any dollar that goes to the state of Texas, every single one of those dollars needs to be re-committed to cities like Chicago, New York, and Washington, D.C. Oh I guess they did send I I'm, I'm reminding uh Governor Abbott did send some to illegals. Um this was an interesting move. It's ridiculous. Federal funds be taken away from Texas like like um they don't already have hundreds of thousands there that they're still having to deal with. Um so that's stupid. Whoa. Um your thoughts on her her response
3: well the the bottom line here is no one is being forcibly sent anywhere against their own will so in every case where one of these Illegal aliens is said to say Chicago or Martha's Vineyard or D.C. or New, many have been such to New York. It has always been, you know, uh, by essentially by request. I mean, they're essentially they're saying, hey, we have someone, uh, you know, we have family there, we mm-hmm. have, or we think there's work there, or we have some reason to go there in particular. And, you know, our buddy has an apartment there already, or whatever. So it's not like people are saying, no, 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 we wanted to stay in Texas and they put us on a bus to D. You see, that's not what's happening. These people are asking to go to these places. You know, Juan or whoever he already has family or friends in Chicago. That's why he's going there. So it's and that that has to be made very clear. And look, if if a thousand illegals are sent from Texas to Chicago and she wants to share of that money, fine, give it to her. But she has to keep the illegals in her city because we don't want them. You know. And I saw uh, who was it, Lauren. Um, Oh, uh, Congresswoman, today she's like, you know, when are we going to see some buses going the other way, <laughs> sending them back over the border? You know, we've come to accept the premise now that you know we have to take in millions of people from all over the place instead of how about the new premise is we we move millions over the border the other the other way? So we've got a uh, but okay. So back to your point though, why is it that I think this is effective? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is you know the only thing I've seen effective because. of Republicans aren't even contesting these races at the national level. They're they're just sleeping through the midterm elections. Mm -hmm. Craziest thing I've ever seen. Well, okay, to me, this is beautiful, because this has totally shifted the narrative into an issue that immensely, enormously benefits us. And every time that these Democrats, these liberals are squealing like stuck takes about the issue means that the news media is covering it mm-hmm. as well, because, you know, they're they're covering it because their favorite politicians are screaming about it. So... We're setting the narrative. We're setting the agenda for the first time in memory can't even remember the last time we were playing offense. Yes. You know, we play offense so rarely that when it happens, I'm almost shocked. But I, I will make the point a second time. It's only happening because two GOP governors yep. are making these moves unilaterally. Do you think that Mitch McConnell no. uh, is encouraging them to do this? Do you think Kevin McCarthy is encouraging them? No, because they don't even want to win this election. No, they, they haven't even, even come
1: to- out. They haven't issued a statement. They haven't come out today that I'm aware of, and no. said that we're in support of this because the Biden administration has left us with an invasion that is killing. Um, I, I the number one cause of death right now between uh, the for the age group of 18 to 34 is fentanyl deaths. Um, they want to talk about this. This Martha's Vineyard hack hypocrite haint wants to talk about Christianity and humanitarian crisis. How about the children and women being raped all along the way, being brought here from human traffickers? These are the the the. Pawns and the people using uh, these people as pawns is, is the Biden administration bringing them here uh, to expand the dependency class and, and and to get votes. And they want they want to, and they're going to be registered to vote through motor voter. This is why they don't want voter ID. This is why they want mail in ballots and all this kind of crap because this is this is who they want to vote. We also had recently New York City uh, passed, I think they didn't they pass the law. I don't know if it was signed into law, but they wanted illegals to be able to vote in local. Municipal
3: elections. Well, they actually enacted that. Okay, but the bottom line here is, Andrea, is that. They do not want these illegal aliens going into blue states because the plan was always to settle mm-hmm. them in red and purple yes. states, yeah. so that every state beco- eventually becomes a blue state. So if you send, you know, all these people into D.C. or New York City or Massachusetts or whatever, or even here, which is, in in send- right, which is why they're not sending,
1: right? Which is why these caravans are getting directed to Texas, not up through Tijuana. Yeah. Um, here's why you're you're absolutely right in your analysis as usual. Brian Maloney. Um, I haven't verified the Nantucket thing, but the limerick tells me that I think you're right about that as well. Um, the, on Thursday, this is actually, this poll was taken. Rasmussen took a poll actually before uh, the, the uh, planes landed in, in Martha's Vineyard. Uh, Rasmussen reports released a poll showing that 52% of likely voters endorsed Abbott's decision to send busloads of illegals to New York City, D.C. and Chicago. Only 39% disagreed. Uh The Rasmussen survey also indicated that 62 percent of likely voters want big city Democrat mayors to demand Joe Biden and his administration secure the southern border rather than blaming Abbott. See, this is why Kamala Harris, the borders are hasn't gone there. This is why this had to happen, because with there there is even a, a clip, I think, that Skins pulled today of Corrine Jean-Pierre actually trying to say that they have taken unprecedented uh, precedented action to secure the border. Skins, please play clip three. I think your handwriting is so bad, dude. Clip three. The, the busing aside. How do you explain this influx? Uh,
2: well, again, we we understand that we have work to do. We understand that, and we have been doing the work to do that. Uh, we have taken unprecedented
1: action over the past year and a half to secure our border and rebuild a safer and orderly
3: process system. oh
1: bless her heart brian maloney
3: no it's just her usual word salad and i just tend to ignore her completely because i think she's the most incompetent press secretary ever in the history of the united states and i mean they don't give her much to work with either but i don't think she's capable of watching well no i mean mophead is is, the box that's why she's there
1: so how long are they going to keep her there i mean you know I, i mean we're watching a humanitarian crisis in the form of this woman. Well, uh, this unskilled woman who can't, who's not even she, she's she's almost on the level of Fetterman at this point when she's talking.
3: Well, she she is. And the thing is I think they'll keep her forever. The reason is, is that her answers are so bad that if you're a reporter, <laughs> even if you're on the left, even if you're on their side, you just give up in frustration, which has actually been happening lately. I mean, some very, very liberal reporters have come in there with questions and ended up really Frustrated because she can't give a straight answer on anything. So they'll keep her in there forever because she's just basically playing, you know, defense there, you know, just kind of a blocker. And you so know, it's the I mean, dope
1: it's, just, def- it's the dope defense. Put a dope in there. Exactly.
3: Why put a competent person in there yeah. who, where there might be some expectation could give a straight answer? She can't give a straight answer to save her life. So, All right. I mean, and that, that, yeah.
1: Believe it or not, I'm actually running. We've only got about six minutes left with you. Got to shift gears. Okay, were you completely surprised that uh, Carolyn Levitt won up there in New Hampshire? She did, Trump did not back her, which is insane to me. Um, um, the establishment did everything they could to stop this young woman from winning. I haven't really followed the race closely. You have followed all these races. Where do you see us in the midterms? And what do you think about that race? Since that's uh, in your well, in your yeah, neighborhood, so,
3: yeah. So that that one did uh, surprise me. Now, as I think, I'm not sure if you mentioned that she was in his administration. She yes. was part of the Trump administration. I forget what her job was in she there. She worked
1: for Kaylee McEnany. Um,
3: okay, and she's very, very young, but she's, you know, the pr- bright, promising kind of future star. And, you know, Trump's endorsements are so weird. I mean, you just never know who he's going to endorse and who he won't. But I think if there's a pattern to his endorsements, he seems to back whoever he thinks will win. And in her case, the polls did not show her with any kind of a lead, really. Um, it was a four-way race. So it was the New Hampshire uh, District one, House District One. So there are two house seats in New Hampshire. And one is the lower half of New Hampshire, which includes a lot of towns that are basic they're basically Boston suburbs these days. A whole bunch of people from Massachusetts moved up there, uh, you know, to save on taxes or whatever years ago. So that's what made New Hampshire a purple state. Uh, but it seems to be – New Hampshire seems to be moving back reddish okay. uh, now. But So the thing about that race, it was really, really strange because the polls were way, way off. And it made me think that maybe there are a lot of really bad polls going on this year. Aww. Um you know, and so the one of the other, um, one of her challengers who ended up, I think, taking third was, I don't know if you remember Senator Scott Brown. Um, he ended up becoming, uh, Trump's New Zealand ambassador. His wife ran, uh, she, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember her. Yeah, uh, yeah, she was uh, a famous newscaster in Boston for, uh, like, 30 years. So she had a lot of name ID, but it didn't do much for her. So, so Caroline uh, really, really beat a major competition in that state. And for Trump to have, like you said, ignored it, it's strange.
1: Well, I think um, you're right. I think that nobody expected her to win. I saw her on Bannon's War Room a few days beforehand and she was like, look, I believe we can pull this out. I believe we can pull it out. She is one of the most articulate young people I've, I, I've seen in and just can hold her own as she's been challenged. I actually liked her answer. She refused to say whether or not she would back Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Good for her. Um well, that's
3: probably why she didn't get the endorsement right there. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, you, I would love to think that Trump would oppose Kevin McCarthy, but where's the evidence of that?
1: That's a good point. Right. That's a that's a good point. And now we hear that, that, that Mike Pom- Mike Pompeo says he wants to throw his hat in the ring in 2024. Oi oi.
3: That's I mean, some, for what? For what?
1: For 2024, for POTUS, for the nominee. What? Are you kidding? No, yeah, oh, I heard it yesterday. I didn't, I didn't
3: see that. I did not see.
1: It with, the, here's so the thing:
3: he wouldn't do that if Trump were running.
1: Well, you know, um, I think I think that maybe there's uh, there are people that there are people. In, well, I'm in, one of them. I've been saying
3: it for yeah, two years.
1: Yeah, so I think that, and I think that it, that's the kind of thing to where somebody floats a rumor out there to try, you know, float the balloon up to kind of see what people's responses would be because ain't nobody got a taste for Mike Pence. Okay, Mike Pence is the kind of dude that's up there having a hissy right now in Martha's Vineyard. Right. I mean, that's the Mike Pence type. Nobody's got a taste for him. Paul Ryan kind of
3: character. A loathsome, uh, shady character who who duped us for a long time. And, you know, we were fools, but we are not going to be fooled again. But let's just say Trump doesn't run, which is what I've always thought. Um, I never thought Trump would go through this again. And a lot of people disagree with me about that. They say, no, of course he's running. It's like, really? You know, you really think so? Because I, I don't, um, you know, and then I give. I do, and I'll tell whatever. you why.
1: Because I think, um, I do think that he loves the attention, I do think that he loves this country. I do think that he um, is somebody that I think he's plagued. Well, he won't admit it. I think he's plagued by the mistakes that he made, and he's wanting to go back and correct them. Well, I just that, don't I'll know. You, I he, just don't know he was... that he, he's got I, I, Let me tell you this before I have to let you go. I actually think, though, the most important issue we have is somebody who's actually going to route out this deep state. Somebody who's actually going to, to work to dismantle the FBI, dismantle the IRS, dismantle well, the DOJ.
3: Would be a pretty good guy if if trump didn't run he'd be a pretty strong guy um
1: i, I think we uh, but the thing is is that here's my theory is that unless you've been on the receiving end of it and personally been um you know persecuted do you trump when trump went into to washington he underestimated what the deep state was really all about and he sat about oh, yeah. to roll up his sleeves and go to work instead of going there recognizing how bad it really was and having that be his number one agenda agenda item now that he has been continue to be persecuted a year and a half later, his kid's room, his home is being ransacked. I think it's more personal. I think we need somebody who has as their number one agenda to route out the tyranny that's going on in this country, because it's from that, which everything else flows. Yeah. Right. And so
3: the the polls are looking really good for Trump at the moment. The most recent ones show him beating Biden, you know, in key places. I mean, the bottom line is like, you can't ignore that.
1: Right. Um, But it'll be interesting to see. I got to leave it there, man. Time just flies, man, when I'm munching on a good piece of fried chicken. Brian Maloney, thank you for being here. Thank you for being on the support team for my marathon tonight. Glad to have you. I'm going to take, thanks for being here, my dear. Um, I'm going to take, we are going to take a skinny, tiny little break. When we come back, we've got Daniel Greenfield, who's going to be here to share with you guys a shocking story about how the Biden administration is trying to stop the families of the victims of 9-11 from getting the money that is due them. Stay tuned